serve a good God. Glory, glory to his name. We rejoice in you, Jesus, our Savior, the glory and the lifter of my head.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I believe there's some babies healed this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. What an exciting time uh, that we get to be a part of a baby dedication. And uh, what a special time. Our children are a blessing, our heritage from the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, praise the Lord. I just want to invite if Matt and Rebecca would going to come. They're, they're going to come and bring Gemma, Iris, May, Craig to the front for this baby dedication. And we're just going to invite them to come right down front here. And praise the Lord. How exciting. Wow. Amen. Amen. Let's yeah. All right. The Lord for yeah. Them. Can we do that? Let's put our hands together. Just come Amen. Right here. Amen. Pastor. All right. Amen. Pastor. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. You can just look at the people. They'd rather see your pretty faces than my ugly face. And, you know, when Jesus was just, hi, sweetheart. When Jesus was just a few weeks old, his parents brought him to the temple and they dedicate him to the Lord and that's what we're doing here today Matt and Rebecca this very important act of your faith God will honor and God will remember all the days of your lives by publicly coming to dedicate your child you are number one you're acknowledging the Lord you're saying this morning we believe God is the giver of life and our child is the gift that came from God and we're acknowledging him as our God and our Lord and our Savior. You're acknowledging God by this act, but you're also expressing your faith in God. You're making a promise this morning. You're making a pledge before God and before the congregation that by God's grace, you're going to raise your little one to know the Lord and to love the Lord and to serve the Lord. And you're asking this morning that God will help you do that. You're asking God, he'll give you the wisdom and the favor and the grace you need to raise a child. And God knows we need it. Amen. Your child is a gift from God. And the greatest thing you could ever do is give her back to the one that made her, that loves her, that designed her and that died for her, that knows every little possibility wrapped up in her beautiful little life. So I'm going to ask you this. You can say you will. Do you promise to raise your child to know and serve the Lord, to honor his house, to live by his word, to pray for her, to be an example to her, and by God's help to raise her to be the one God's made her to be. Amen. All right. Pastor Todd, help me. Everyone, if you'd raise your hands this way, let's pray a prayer of dedication. Amen. Little Gemma, little Gemma. Father, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate this precious little girl, Gemma Craig, we dedicate her to you. All the days of her life, Father, surround her with your love. Surround her with your protection. And, Father, we pray that you'd bless her and you'd use her. And at a tender age, she'd come to know you personally and intimately. Father, we dedicate this life. Help mom and dad. Give them the wisdom to be good parents, to be godly parents. But, Father, bless little Gemma. Use her life for your glory. All the days of her life, order her steps, anoint her hands, and surround her life in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good job, buddy. Amen. 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 I got a card for you somewhere.
Well, good morning. Children's church, children, you are dismissed to children's church. What a morning, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Here they come. All right. All right, all right, all right, buddy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, God. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're in a study from the book of 1 Thessalonians. And this morning we're going to talk about five messages to young disciples. Five messages to young disciples. So again, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. It wasn't in vain. Now, we had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motive, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men but God who test our hearts. Five messages to young disciples. Father, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word this morning. Help us, Lord, to hear and respond to what you are saying. Let faith come alive and let divine life be imparted. In Jesus' name, and everyone said we are presently preaching a series of sermons from the book of 1 Thessalonians. And the church of Thessalonica, as we said, it was a very young church. It was born in the fires of persecution. It was in a very anti-Christian climate. And Paul had to flee very early on, just a few weeks old. And Paul was forced to flee. And they were young in the basics of the faith. But we found out that what they knew, they believed and they lived. Their testimony was tested just like ours was. But they proved themselves to be genuine converts. Remember, where's the beef? They had a genuineness about them where they stood this test and proved themselves true. Now, in the first chapter, we said Paul described them as God's chosen people. And we kind of followed the progression of them getting saved and growing and becoming a model and a wonderful testimony to the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus. Now, this week, as we start chapter 2, we'll just mostly focus on those first two verses, just verses 1 and 2. You know, many, many years ago, the first time I really did in-depth study in 1 Thessalonians, I just took time and seriously just went through it. I got to the second chapter, And I intended to develop a message, maybe those first six verses, just kind of plot them out. But quite frankly, I couldn't get beyond the first two verses. I never forgot that, because I believe it was a church where we had many young families and many young believers. And it seems like this church in Thessalonica kind of mirrored so many of those people in the congregation. And it seems that the Spirit just, just wouldn't allow me to move off those first two verses. And the more I looked at them, the more God spoke to me from them. And I saw five messages Five reminders or truths that young Christians need to know. And quite frankly, all God's servants need to be reminded of. You see, Paul wanted these young believers to make it. He wanted them to finish their race. He wanted them to advance and continue in the faith, just like I do. And just like heaven does today. And so he gave them five encouragements. Number one, 
Our first thing we need to remember, first thing we need to know, number one from verse one, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. It's never wasted. It's never in vain. Your efforts, your faithfulness, child of God, your prayers, your, your witnessing, your attending, your efforts to serve God, they're not in vain. Even at times it seems like it's tough sledding at times and, and the road that your tires are spinning. It's not in vain. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. First Corinthians 15 and 58. Paul says, stand firm and let nothing move you. Write that down. Heaven says to you this morning, let nothing move you. Don't let let that storm move you. Don't let that setback move you. Don't let that mistake move you. We all make mistakes. Get back up and get back in the race. Don't let that attack move you. In fact, the devil's attacks ought to make you more ornery to get back in there and fight that good fight of faith. Amen? Oh, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Glory be to his name. Let nothing move you. But always give yourself fully. Give God your best. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know, you write this down and never forget it. Your work, your effort, your labor in the Lord, it's never in vain. It's never wasted. No, no, no. It will be worth it. God sees it. Heaven applauds it. And God will honor it. Glory to his name. So Paul writes here in verse 1, our trip to you, our, our labor to you, it was not in vain. It was not a failure. Ultimately, it was very fruitful. But it didn't start out that way. And many would have aborted the mission. Many would have said, well, this is too much. But well, they hung on there and let God work. Understand, young believer, that our walk with God is a walk of faith. It's a walk of believing God and trusting God and obeying God. Even at times we don't see it and we don't feel it. It's committing ourselves to God and giving God 100% and then letting him take care of the rest. Paul writes, our visit to you was not a failure. But let's face it, from the perspective of man, it might have looked otherwise. Paul would have replied to us, sure, we got run out of town in just a few weeks. I mean, I've had problems in churches. I never got run out of town. Praise God. Amen. Time or two, I thought we might, but never got run out of town. Paul would have said, no, no, sure, our host were dragged before the city council to face charges. Sure, our opponents slandered us. And they mocked our message. And they tried to poison the minds of God's people. Riots of persecution erupted. Sure, sure, but don't lose sight of what God did and what God is doing. You see, friend, faith sees through the tears. And faith knows how to praise even in the pain. And faith knows, young believer, that not only is God watching us, but God is working in the lives of his faithful ones. I know at times things can look sedentary. They can look stationary. It can look like there's a stalemate. It can look like there's no response from heaven. But don't you ever forget it. If you're being faithful, if you're doing your part to serve the Lord, then God is working in your life. He's working all things together for good. If you let him have his way and you'll stay faithful to the task, someone give God an amen. You see, while the accusers were attacking this young church, God was at work in the midst of hell's attempts to scatter the flock. The great shepherd, the great shepherd was moving by his spirit and he was setting captives free and he was raising up a people for his very own. The prophet Isaiah called them treasures out of darkness and such were some of you. 
and such were some of you. We praise God that even when things might look difficult or feel difficult, God is working. And while man did their worst, God was doing his best and God was ministering and unfolding his plan. Paul writes, you know, our trip to you was not a failure. It wasn't in vain. And you are proof of that. You're proof, my friend, that prayer does work. You're proof, my friend, that God does intervene and turn lives around. You're proof that God does honor his word and bring his good promises to pass. Your testimony is proof that God is an awesome God and that he works through the storms and he overcomes the setbacks. Your life is living proof that someone's prayers were not in vain and someone's efforts were not in vain and someone's patience was not in vain because through it all and at times it didn't look good. God was working and God was moving and you stand here today as sons and daughters of God in love with Jesus, new creatures in Christ. Why? Because God was working and someone's labor was not in vain. Glory to God. Not in vain. Not in vain. It's not in vain. Keep praying for that child. It's not in vain. Keep bringing them to church. It's not in vain. Keep loving that man on the job. It's not in vain. Trust God and believe God and watch God work his good work not in vain young Christian you need to remember that because when you first get saved and you give yourself really to serve God and to be serious about the things of God when you how can we say it when you get your spiritual act together the enemy of your soul will try to discourage you he'll try to distract you how does, when he distracts you you lose traction and you lose momentum, and you lose progress. Amen? That's why some people are always backward and forward. Isn't that right? Because they get distracted. And when you get distracted, you lose your spiritual traction to go forward and to make gains. Oh, yeah. He'll want you to go back and give up. He'll try to frustrate you, and he'll try to belittle your efforts. He'll challenge your conversion. When he does that, you make up your mind, and you refuse to turn back. Refuse to give up. I mean, when the enemy begins to press you and prod you and provoke you, God reminds you, my child, you're not alone. And I'm still on my throne. Oh, you've come too far to bail out on me now. You've walked too far to turn back now. My child, you just have to remember and never forget your God is working. Your God is working and your efforts in me are never in vain. I will bless them. I will honor them. Your love for Jesus is not in vain. Your faithful attempts to serve Him and to please Him are never in vain. Just keep it up. Just continue to the task. Put your hand to the plow and refuse to look back or turn back Back, the world behind us, the cross before us, no turning back. It says to us, so keep standing and keep trusting and keep obeying and keep praying and keep praising and keep coming. Stay faithful and know God is working in your labor and the Lord is never in vain. Sometimes we go through the turbulence of life, but even then know God is working. One author writes about, have you ever been on a plane and those turbulence hits you and for a moment there kind of seems like things are out of control and you get jumped out of your seat and you get nervous and even though your seatbelt's on, you put it on again, tighten it down, amen. 
and you're gripping those things, your knuckles are white gripping that thing. You try to read a book and you read the same line four times because you're up and down like this. And then finally that captain comes on. And the captain says, listen, folks, everything's okay. Nothing major, just a little, little air turbulence. And I'm just going to adjust things and take us to a higher altitude. Glory to God. God takes us to a higher altitude. Amen. And, and he says, it's all right. It's all right. Everything. I'll get some smoother air. Everything's all right. Just lean back. And though immediately, though, the problem is not solved because you hear the captain and you're reminded that he's aware and he's working and there's nothing he can't handle. It's whole lot. It's lit back. Close your eyes. Trust yourself to the pilot. It might shake a little while, but it's going to take you to another altitude. It won't be long, and things are going to be friendly skies again. Glory be to God. Amen? Yeah. So when you're going through some turbulence, go ahead. You've got a good pilot. He knows how to adjust things. He knows how to elevate things. He knows how to carry through every storm. Blessed be his name. So number one, young Christian, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. You keep trying. You keep coming. You keep doing your best to serve the Lord. The devil is a liar. We don't wear out. The devil does. Amen. The Bible says greater is he that's within us. Amen. If Jesus is within us and we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, we can endure until we cross that finish line. So number one. Now, number two, coming from verse two, remember this. Your previous or your past experience does not have to hinder your present assignment. Notice how Paul writes in verse two, we had previously suffered. Previously suffered. That's our thought. You see, God never consults your past when it comes to determining your future. Don't let your previously hinder or cripple your presently. You see, friend, if you focus too much on previously, you'll hinder your walk and your victory presently. We've told this story before. I think it bears repeating. I remember a story of a, an older gentleman from the church who went to visit a newer convert. And this young man was kind of, his attendance wasn't that good. And he had an old man, hadn't seen him in a while, said, I'm going to look this guy up and see how he's doing. Well, he found him. He worked in a car dealership. And he found the young man. And he was struggling over his spiritual failures and inconsistencies. And, you know, in that um, showroom part, Everything's nice and shiny, but you can usually hear those tools making their racket in the back in that what's it called the service department. Well, that young man must have recognized the sincerity of the older brother, and he opened up to him. And he said, bro, I just got to be honest with you. I've messed up so much in the past, and now even when I try, it seems like, you know, I just blow it. And so sometimes I don't even feel like I'm worthy to come, and I just want to stay home. Hmm. Well, God gave that older gentleman just a flash of insight. And he said, son, listen, what would you tell me if I said I didn't want to bring my car into the service department because it was running roughly? Well, that kind of broke the, the seriousness of the conversation. The young man kind of laughed and said, I tell you, brother, that you're crazy because the whole point of a service department is to fix what's not running right. Older gentleman looked at me, I touched his hand, said, son, Instead of thinking of church as a showroom, start thinking of it as God's service department. Helping people get back into running order with God. Can you say amen? 
That's all, friend. That's all. You just keep coming and let God keep working. You just keep coming and let God keep working. You fall down, get back up. Life knocks you down, get back up. Just keep coming and God will keep working. And oh, he'll take out those not sounds. And so oh, glory to God. Verse 2, your previous experience doesn't have to hinder your present time. It's a new day. And God is a God of new beginnings. Start one today. Previously in Philippi, well, you remember the story. Man, that was a pretty tough ministry assignment. Most people would have given in their ordination papers. I quit. <laughs> and that's what I get. Amen. I mean, think about it. Think about it. But Paul didn't slow down on his next stop. He didn't tone it down. He didn't ease up. He didn't lay low because of his previous experience. And might I add, his previous experience was right in the middle of the will of God. I've had some previous experiences that if I was honest, I missed it. So I was kind of getting a little bit of what I brought on myself. Amen? Paul center the will of God, and things didn't work out well. He could have allowed his previous to cripple his present. He could allow something previous that happened to him embitter him from having joy of the Lord, from having faithfulness and love for God like he once did. In Philippi, you remember how he was insulted, unjustly arrested, severely beaten and imprisoned? All for obeying God, Paul and Silas. Their Roman citizenship was violated. He could have allowed that to become a snare or an excuse for the present, not continuing on. Listen, you have to watch how you handle the disappointments, the injustice, and the failures of life. I'll say it again. We live in an excuse age. Everyone's bellyaching, making excuses about disobedient, uh, come on, say amen with me. I know I'm talking church. You have to watch how you handle disappointments. We all get them. Injustice, we all endure them. And failures, we all. Because the enemy will exploit them if you allow him to. He'll use them to embitter you. He'll use them to cripple you. He'll use them to rob you of the joy and the peace and the excitement you once had in serving God. He'll make you afraid of believing God for his best. You'll just want to settle down, sit in the back, and just coast into heaven if you make it, when God has so much more. See, Paul and Silas came to the Thessalonians, and they're still staggering from the wounds and the pains and the indignities of Philippi. And listen, everybody's got a Philippi in their life. Every one of us has gone through some kind of Philippi. <laughs> if you're more than a year and a half, you've gone through a Philippi. Life has Philippi's, amen? Injustice is part of this life. Isn't that true? Sometimes we do our best to please God and we get hammered every which way. I mean, it's part of life. So don't feel like you're anything special. You're just part of the human race. Amen. And you know, Paul and Silas, they could have thought twice about ever possibly going through that again. You know, maybe they want to settle down and be an usher. That apostle stuff was too costly. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They could have softened down the message because, you know, last time we preached it too pure and too clear, and it cost us. They could have maybe um, um, toned down the zeal 
Or maybe they could have um, um, forgot the supernatural because it was the supernatural that got them in that mess to begin with when they cast the demon out and set a young girl free. You know, we live in an age where some, some churches Pentecost ends with their doctrinal statement. If I can, uh, we'll leave that there. We're afraid someone might get offended or someone might get, oh, Lord, have mercy. But these men refused to allow their past experiences to defeat or hinder them in their present assignment. Have you properly dealt with that past experience so it's no longer enslaving you in the present assignment and will of God for your life? We must do the same. Don't let your mistake or don't let someone else's mistake become an excuse for not walking forward and living wholeheartedly for Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Young believer, don't let your past cripple your present. Don't let those negative experiences of yesterday hold you back from giving God your best today. It's real simple. Get forgiveness if you've missed it. Get healing if you've been wounded. Get some refreshing if you've grown weary. And listen, get a new example if you've been disappointed by an old one. There's a lot of duds out there. Don't let the dud of an example keep you from trusting God. Find a better example and go forward in Jesus. Come on, give me an amen. You think of many, many Bible examples that really past mistakes or past misfortunes could have either disqualified them or so embittered them that they would not have wanted to go forward with God. They would have said, I don't want this. Think of it. Moses was a murderer, but God used him as a deliverer. Gideon was hiding and God sent him and chose him and God called him a mighty man of valor. Oh, it's wonderful what God sees us. Sometimes we see ourselves as losing and as timid and, and God says, no, I see you a whole lot different. Rise up and go forth and be who I have called you to be. Jephthah, anyone remember Jephthah? His whole family rejected him. He was illegitimate. They kicked him out. They drove him out of the house. Rejected by men, but God chose him. And he responded to the call of God. God used him. Listen, friend, if God's calling you, respond to the call of God and let God use you. But someone else rejected me. Who cares what others think when the Almighty is saying, you, I want you, I've chosen you. Peter was restored and he blew it, didn't he? Graduation night from Bible school and he rejected, denied the Lord three times. Amen. That's pretty bad. Amen. Oh, Lord. Mark, we studied Mark last week. Mark grew up after failing his first try at ministry. And God let him write the gospel that bears his name. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So listen, young believer, if you fail, failure doesn't have to be final. Mm. So get back up. Make things right if you need to, but get back in the race. And just say, just make it your model. Make it your declaration. God's not giving up on me. I will not give up on God. Oh, hallelujah. And then you go ahead and join the ranks of Abraham, and Moses, and David, and Joshua, and Jacob. All these and many, many more had previous experiences 
that might have disqualified them or, or frustrated them from wanting a present assignment in God. So many men and women throughout the word of God had made mistakes or had things happen to them that either we thought would have disqualified them or would have caused them to get so angry that they would just reject God altogether, but they didn't. Because God sees things differently. Oh, we thank the Lord this morning for the eyes of grace. We thank the Lord this morning how heaven sees us different than sometimes even we see ourselves. When men see failures and flaws and men like to examine and highlight the imperfections, God sees worth and God sees potential and God sees what can be. When a life is wholly given over to him, somebody just give God your best and watch what he'll do. Just dare enough to give God your best regardless of what's happened in the past, regardless of what you've experienced yesterday. Give God your all today and watch how he'll work his wonders in and through your life. Oh, hallelujah. Young believer, listen, listen, listen. Mistakes will come. And there will be some defeats along the way. But don't you let them keep you from continuing in the Lord and staying committed to his call. How did Paul say it? He said, I'm forgetting what's behind, but I'm going to reach forward and I'm going to press forward to what God has in the future for my life. Don't allow what's past to cripple you or enslave you and bitter. He said, make up your mind. I'm going forward in Jesus today. I'm going forward in the work of God today. I'm going forward into a new place of faith and victory today. Glory be to God. You cannot allow the liabilities of the past to cancel out or rob you of the possibilities of your future and your walk with God. Number three, your opposition is real, but it doesn't have to rain. It doesn't have to rain. Verse two, here's verse two again. Look at that very end. In spite of strong opposition, strong opposition. This is a fight of faith. This is not a Sunday school picnic. This is not youth group. This is not play land. This is a fight of faith. Amen? There's a real devil out there. Your opposition is real. Listen, young Christian, you're not imagining it. No, no. This is true opposition and a real enemy, and we are engaged in a real conflict. Come on. But don't let it dishearten you. Welcome to the family. Why should you get treated any different than the rest of us? Amen? It's real. Oh, yeah, your opposition's real. But because you're with Jesus, it doesn't have to rain or have the last word. Of course, there's opposition. There's a real enemy out there. We won't go too deep on this. We'll cover this in two sermons in a few weeks. But the Bible pretty much categorizes our enemies in three categories, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh, that's that old you. He tried to frustrate you, discourage you, amen? He tried to condemn you. He tried to make you do what you shouldn't do no more, amen? He tried to act like the old you when you're trying to act like the new Jesus in you, you, amen? But he's a constant foe. we got to starve him and deny him and crucify him. But until we see Jesus face to face, we'll never totally get rid of him. Whew. You know, isn't that right? You've been saved long enough. A lot of y'all, you've been saved so long. You know, you get yourself thinking something. Say, why am I thinking this? I know better than this. I'm tossing and turning all night. God's brought me through things ten times worse. What's wrong with me? You ever do that? If you haven't, you're, again, you're not trying. If you haven't, you're not trying. Come on. You've got to get real with us here. Amen? 
No, it's that old nature. Isn't that true? I mean, you know, something happens and something springs in you. So where'd that come from? That's the old you. He'd been lying low for a few years and you you thought he had gone all together. No, he never goes all together. That's why you got to starve your flesh and feed your faith. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That flesh, that flesh is an enemy. And the world's an enemy. What do you mean the world? It's that world spirit, the world philosophy that hates God, that doesn't believe the Bible, and, and the people that are controlled by it, the world tries to uh, attack us and belittle us and frustrate us. We fight the spirit of the world. It's the spirit that is opposed to God. And those people that are lost and don't recognize it, but they give sway to that, but they're lost and they're blind and they don't know God. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Peter said he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know the devil's an aggressive enemy, amen? I mean, we can play patty cake all we want, but he don't take a day off. I mean, we can decide to take a month off from God, church, and everything else. The devil doesn't take any time off. Just mark that down. Yeah, yeah, young believer, you've got a real enemy, but he doesn't have to reign. But if you don't think you have an enemy, he'll smack you, he'll defeat you, he'll frustrate you. Every time the Bible says we can be wiser than our enemy, but we do it by learning his strategies and his schemes, by putting on the whole armor of God and taking our stand and overcome his wiles and his strategies. You can stand against the enemy, you can overcome this world, and you you can crucify the flesh. You're going to fight a fight the rest of your life. It's called a fight of faith. But don't let it discourage you. Don't let it defeat you. Recognize greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Opposition is real, but it doesn't have to reign. Oh, we got to go. We got to go to that next one. Where's that next one? Oh, Lord. I think we got a next one. Oh, here it is. Courage is not an option. Oh, my. Wow. Verse 2. Let me give you the review here. Number one, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You keep trying. Keep giving out your best. Amen? I know sometimes it doesn't seem like things are happening as quick as you like, but God is working. Believe that. And keep coming, keep praying, keep praising, keep trusting. Do your part. That's the key, though. Do your part. You see, if the devil can get you to stop doing your part, he'll win. That's going to take me down another lane. I don't want to go down that lane, but you write that down. Number two, your previous experience doesn't have to hinder your present assignment. Don't let your past cripple your present. Number three, your opposition is real. It doesn't have to rain. Don't, don't, don't play Charlie Brown. Why is everybody always picking on me? The devil's out there messing with all of us. Amen? This world's attacking all of us. Amen? That flesh, we all got that old man. Amen? All right. Number three. Number four. Courage is not an option. Now, in verse two, there's a reason we're using the old NIV. And because it says it like this, follow me in the tail end of verse two. It says, with the help of our God, we dare to, we dare to, underline that and you think, we dare to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. We dare to in spite of. Mm. Now, courage is not an option. Our verse comes from Joshua 1 and 9. 
where God said to Joshua, Joshua, only be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Don't be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go, wherever you go. Wherever. Courage is not an option. Even when God gives you a promise, we still got to believe God. Even when God is with us, we still have to trust God. Courage is not an option. I think it was Brother um, Tony Evans that, that wrote about, you know, when the kids were little and they live in the uh, Dallas area, in that northern part of Texas, they get some ugly storms and lightning storms and thunderstorms and tornadoes and all that, that part of the country. And he would talk about the kids, you know, and those things would hit the lightning and thunder. They'd run and jump in bed with, with Tony and his wife. And he says, you know, you're hugging the little kids. Doesn't stop the rain, the thunder, or the lightning, but it changes how they face it. He says, they fall asleep in your arm. The fear that they had alone, they no longer have because they're with mama and they're with daddy now. You help them face their fears in the midst of their struggle. And that's exactly what the Heavenly Father does for us when we face our own fears and our own securities. The awareness of God's presence. The awareness of God's presence. The awareness that he's with us and he's for us and he's working. It brings a peace and a courage and a comfort and a confidence to our hearts. Even if around us the lightning is still flashing, the thunder is still groaning. Oh, friend, when we know that we walk with God, courage comes from walking with God. Courage comes from knowing God. And that regardless of the situation, if God be for us, who can be against us? Courage is not an option if you're going to go forward in God. Young believer, you've got to remember this. Because fear is the enemy of faith. And one of the reasons certain Christians, you look back at their story, 50 years, you look back, they stop growing, they stop really being on fire and achieving for God. Something happened and they no longer have the courage to take that step of faith. This is a walk of faith. You've got to have courage to go with God. If you don't have courage, you're going nowhere with God. You're going to stalemate. You're going to settle in sixth grade, you might not even get out of junior high. It takes courage to obey the call of God. It takes courage to overcome the threats that come against from the enemy of God. And here Joshua, you know, he's ready to advance into his inheritance just like you and I. Like you and I are trying to enter into the fullness of God's blessing. We're not here to tread water. We're here to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. He's receiving the fulfillment of God's good promise. Yet courage was required. Think about it. Even though God said, I'm with you, wherever you go, I'm with you. Courage was still a prerequisite for receiving the promised blessing. Can you dare to trust God? Can you dare to believe and trust God? And step out and walk forward with God? And believe God? And respond to the call of God? Courage is not an option, whether in the context of standing for God or advancing in God. Courage is not an option. And it takes courage to live right, to stand up for what is right, to reject what's not pleasing to God, to obey. When obedience is challenging and stretching and costly, it takes courage to change. It takes courage to face challenges. It takes courage to carry out God's call. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, let me encourage you to learn from those that have walked this life before us. And remember, you got to have a little I dare to in spite of if you're going to go forward in God. 
What are you talking about? <laughs> Again, verse 2, in spite of strong opposition, we dare to tell you this gospel. In spite of his age, young David dared to take on the giant. Others are hiding in their foxholes, but young David said, come on, you uncircumcised Philistine, I come at you with courage in the name of the Lord. In spite of the odds, Joshua and Caleb, they dared to stand against the nation when the nation wanted to go back to Egypt and the nation wanted to forfeit the blessing of God. My friend, listen, no matter who goes back, you go on with Jesus. No matter who decides to backslide, you make up your mind. You're going forward in the Lord. If they want to backslide, leave them there. But you go forward in Jesus. Let nothing keep you. you got to have a little I dare to. In spite of what anyone else is going to do, I'm daring to go forward in God. I'm daring to possess the promise of God. I'm daring to be the one God's called me to be in spite of. In spite of the laws that said no. The apostles dare to preach Jesus is alive. And he is the only way of salvation and the only name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. In spite of Herod's power and Herod's cruelty. John the Baptist dared to confront him with his adultery and sin, even though it cost him his life. Real prophets always spoke truth to power. If you're going to be the one God's called you to be, you got to have a little I dare to, in spite of. Mm. In spite of the sacrifice. In spite of the inconvenience. In spite of the opposition of men and the frustration of the flesh. Resistance from hell. In spite of I dare to. Can you dare to this morning? I dare to live right, stand strong, serve unconditionally my Savior and my King. Oh, someone, if you're going to go forward in God, you just got to have a little I dare to in spite of. Someone say amen. Come on, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. How my, one of my mentors used to say, if you're a sissy, go serve the devil. God's looking for men. God's looking for women that aren't afraid to get into the battle. That'll trust the Lord. Put on the armor of God. Respond to the call of God. He says, walk on the water. You're going to get out of the boat. If he says, encircle the city and shout, you'll shout and watch the walls come down. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. But it takes a courage to get God's best. It takes a courage. To follow God. Mm. It is worth it. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Whew. I'm going to wind this down. Glory to God. Young believers, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. You keep trying, keep giving, you keep serving God. Many people have given up just simply because there was a failure or a frustration and they've never been the same. Don't you join that rank. Your previous experience doesn't have to hinder your present assignment. Have you messed up? The blood of Jesus will cleanse you and forgive you if you'll repent of it and make it right. Has someone been mean to you? They were mean to Jesus. Has life been hard on you? It's been hard on all of us. But you make up your mind how you respond to it. It doesn't have to cripple you. God has a great now for you if you'll embrace it. Your opposition is real. Don't have to reign. When will it ever end? This battle of faith will never end. If you're waiting for it to end, you're, you're, you're lost. You're misinformed. 
You've read the wrong book. You've listened to the wrong preacher. Amen? We've got a couple here that are getting near 90 years of old, have walked with God more years, probably more, twice as long as many of us have been alive here, you know. And they'll tell you today, it's a fight of faith to the very end. Amen? It's a fight of faith to the very end. So, so don't, don't, don't whine about it. Just realize it is part of this life and instead get the power of God, get the armor of God and go forward in God. Yeah. Courage is not an option. Courage, courage comes from knowing God and walking with God. Amen? And believing God. That's where courage comes from. Courage is not the absence of trials and challenges. There's never end. Courage comes to knowing he's with me through it all. He's for me through it all. His anointing is upon me through it all. Last but not least, young believer, God's help is always available to you. Remember a young girl, back when Brother Shambach, early days when he was pastoring, a young girl came in and said, Pastor, I'm going to quit because I can't live this life. And he looked at her and says, well, honey, you know what? Maybe I'll quit with you, but either can I. She said, what do you mean you can't live it? You're the preacher. He says, no, dear. None of us can live this life. The Bible says there's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. You're trying to live this in your own strength. You're going to fail and just get frustrated and defeated. But if you realize the life of Christ is within you, and that's an enabling, that's an anointing, that will help you to live and overcome and get back up when you fall and, and, and um, navigate when the road gets hard. God's help. How do you say that? Verse 2, it's all that verse 2 is full of things, isn't it? But with the help of our God. Paul didn't say by my great wisdom or my anointing, but by the help of our God. It wasn't easy, it was challenging, but by the help of our God. It's not always easy, but by the help of our God. Life isn't always fair, but by the help of our God. Things don't always work out like you thought they would work out, but by the help of our God. We'll keep loving him and praising him and serving him and seeking him. Blessed be his name. Are you going to make it? Yes, by the help of my God. Are you going to be able to work out that situation at work? Yes, by the help of my God. You're going to be able to get things peaceful at the house? Yes, by the help of my God. You're going to deal with that fresh assignment that's overwhelming and beyond anything you've ever done? Yes, by the help of my God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is my refuge. God is my strength. A very present Help! In time of trouble, I lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My God, he's a helper. The Holy Ghost is a helper. The Spirit of God, that he's a helper. And he helps us live this life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Can you say amen? Oh, you got the helper. Help. Help of the Spirit. So, young believer, regardless of what comes your way, just remind yourself, by the help of my God, I can. 
So I've never been this way before. Yeah, but by the help of your God, you can make it there. Amen. I never faced a season like this. Yeah, but by the help of your God. I never had a, a rise up after such a calamity. Yeah, but by the help of your God, you can rise up. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can you? Yes. With the help of my God, I can. I can. I can. Hmm. I can forgive that offense. God knows it won't be me. It's got to be Jesus through me. Amen. I can, but I can. I can forgive it. I can forgive it. Because I got a helper. I can work through that problem. I can't even understand the problem. The doctor tried to explain it to me. I didn't know half the words he said. Amen. He wrote it out. I couldn't even read it. Amen. But by the help of my God. But by the help of my God. Amen. No longer I that live it. Christ is living in me. Amen. I've tapped into something greater than me. Glory, glory, glory. Five things God wants us to know and remember so we will finish strong in this race of faith. God wants you to finish strong. God's enabled you and equipped you so you can finish strong. As we open the altar, and we always open the altar, so we can respond and we can receive. What's the altar about? I want to respond. I want to receive. I need to respond to the word. Amen. I want to respond to the Holy Spirit's ministering to my heart. I want to receive. Because God wants to touch you. God wants to bless you. We always start off salvation and rededication. If you're here today and you're not saved and you really have not given your life to Christ and you're not serving him like you know you should, don't leave before you come and make things right with God. If you've drifted off the path, well, now's a good time to make a fresh altar and a fresh commitment and get back in the race. Amen? If you're here today, maybe you just need a fresh filling so you can fight on. Amen? A fresh filling so you can fight on. It's a fight of faith. And you can get weary just fighting the good fight of faith. And that's why Jesus filled. Get filled. Get filled. Paul said, get filled again. Get filled again. Maybe you're just weary and you just like some people to come around you and pray just to get a fresh filling so you can get back out there. Keep fighting that fight and overcoming and advancing in God. Maybe you need a physical touch. God will heal you. God will heal you. Maybe you just want people to pray in agreement with you. Maybe you feel you got a need and you want, you're praying, but you want someone to come along with you and believe with you. That's why the family of God is here. I'm going to pray the prayer. We're going to sing the song. And as we begin to sing, if you need to get things right, I invite you to come. Take this opportunity to get it right. But if you need prayer, you just want to pray, come. We're not done yet. God's not done yet. God brought us to this point because he wants to do something here. He wants to touch us here. He wants to refresh lives here. He wants to do a new thing here. Stand with me, please, as we pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We thank you that you're a faithful God. We thank you that you're full of mercy and grace and truth. We thank you, Lord, for these encouragements. We thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you for these encouraging truths. Whether we're young or old in the faith, we thank you, Lord, for these encouraging truths. They fuel our faith to continue strong in you. And now, Father, I ask you to let the wind 
of your Holy Spirit blow upon this congregation. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the wind of your Spirit blow upon this congregation. You know every need. You know every situation. Oh, Lord, speak to your people and touch them. Lord, speak to your people and touch them. Father, by your Spirit, speak to your people and touch them. Let the breath of your life and your refreshing flow, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we draw near and respond, touch us and speak to us. Oh, Father, as we respond in faith, we pray, touch us, speak to us, fill us, strengthen us, renew us, ignite us. In the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit, Touch the people of God. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him. Come and let's pray. Come and let's pray. And let's believe God. You pray.